and welcome to another episode of the Diz Explorers podcast, where each week we explore all the different avenues of the vast Disney empire. This week, we're going away from the parks, away from travel altogether, and we're going to talk about movie side of Disney, and specifically Rogue One. So I'll start by saying this is going to be a spoiler type episode. Most of us have seen it. The ones have not are okay with what we're going to be talking about tonight. So if anybody who's listening to this now has not seen it, then I hate to say this, but (laughs) don't listen to this episode until after you've seen the movie because we will be... Save it for later. Yeah, we will be speaking about the plot and what we liked and didn't like. It'll kind of be like a review and our general consensus of, of the movie as a whole. So just wanted to start by just giving my quick thoughts on it and then we'll I'm going to let Adrian and, and Milford kind of take over cuz they have uh better memories than I do when it comes to seeing movies first time in the theater. So I I I want to say I fully enjoyed it and I thought it was a great movie. Uh, I did enjoy it a lot better than Force Awakens. And as Milford and Adrian continue on and really get into the depth of it, I'll I'll definitely have more commentary on it, but I um I probably forgot more about it than what I remembered because I only did see it once. So I'm, I'm relying on my experts here to uh, to keep us afloat. So take it away. Okay. Well, I'm going to confess a very, very nerdy confession. I enjoyed the movie so much that I went and bought and read the novelization of the movie. So that also has helped me to remember everything. <laughs> but what I've, I really liked this movie, y'all. But as RJ said, if you haven't seen the movie, this is going to be full of spoilers. But for those of you who haven't seen it or don't remember it very well, it's basically the story of what happens exactly prior to episode four, A New Hope. And if you are a Star Wars fan at all, you know the little crawl that kind of summarizes what's been going on in the Star Wars universe before each movie starts. And at the beginning of The New Hope, there's a little one-off line that talks about a band of rebels who had captured the plans to the Death Star. And that is what is basically the premise for Rogue One, in that there is a a group of, of rebels from the Alliance who go on a mission to steal the plans of the Death Star. But it goes very well in depth into that story. And, you know, one of the biggest, people would say, plot holes of the Star Wars universe is how on earth did they build this gymongous star-sized weapon that could be so easily broke, could be so easily destroyed. And uh, that's explained in this movie as well, is that the creator of the Death Star, whose name was Galen Erso, he was a science officer who tried to escape from from the Empire and was brought back. And he realized that if he didn't take the creative control of creating the Death Star, that someone else would do it. But if he did it, that he would be able to implant a flaw. And so that's what he does. He makes himself absolutely necessary to the building of the creation of this weapon and through that is able to make the the little ignition, you know, get the little photon torpedo into the hole and the whole darn thing just blows up, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because I mean, what, for like 40 years, people have been debating how such a flaw could have been created. And and now we have that backstory. Now we know exactly. 
Exactly. And, so. it, and it took me a while, even though I think they said it at some point in the movie. Maybe it was after the attack when, when he finally died. I don't mm-hmm. remember when it was when he had, was speaking to his daughter about it and, and said what the weakness was before she even right. looked at it. And it still took me like most of the rest of the movie for that to sink in and be like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> right. So it's like they were able to take this opportunity to – Go, oh, no, 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 no. We didn't screw up back in the 70s. It was totally on purpose. Right. Um, Which is good, right? <laughs> but the movie essentially follows Galen's daughter, Jen, who is rescued and or captured, however you want to put it, by the Alliance to use with her connections to another kind of group of rebels, you could say, led by a man named Saul Guerrero, who helped to raise her once her parents, her mother was killed by the empire and her father was taken back to build the Death Star. So she was raised by this man named Saul, who I think appeared in either one of the cartoons. Yes. Either Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars. I can't remember he's, which. He's just now showing was, up in Rebels. He was just on uh, Rebels like two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 So I think that's neat how they're, it feels very marvelous how they're kind of connecting all of their threads. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it follows Jen as she goes to see Saw, and then she sees the hologram that you were talking about, RJ. It's, um, you know, kind of like uh, Leia made to talk to Obi-Wan Kenobi, that kind of hologram. Yep. And it he explains everything that was going on and how he created the plans and that everybody needs to go and, or someone needs to go and get the plan so that they can find the, the flaw that he's created. So... The Death Star shows up. This is one of the coolest parts of the movie. The Death mm-hmm. Star shows up where they are, and they run a test run of it just to destroy that city. So you kind of get to see the the full impact of what the Death Star can do before the Alliance knew anything about it, really. But then, like you said, they go to a couple of more places. They go to another planet where Galen or so actually is. He is eventually shot down by the Rebel Alliances because that was kind of their intention all along. They saw him as the mastermind, so they wanted to to have him eliminated. And then Jen goes back to the Alliance and says, this is what I saw. This is what we need to do. This is what you need to do. Not that what I need to do, but this is what my father said. You need to go and get these plans so that you'll have the ammunition you need to destroy this weapon. And the council basically tells her, sorry, too bad, so sad. And she and ragtag crew of rebels take it upon themselves to go to a planet called Scarif and retrieve the Death Star plants. Now, I'll tell you what I loved most about this movie is that I thought it was very, besides the fact that it kind of told this story that I never knew needed to be told, but... I was so impressed with the bravery the movie had to create this team, this Rogue One team, and then kill everybody in it. Yes. I think that was my favorite part of the movie, that they all freaking die at the end. And well, I they was, had to do that, right? Because none of them were in episode four. So. Exactly. Right. So it, yeah, storytelling-wise, so it had to be done. Though the first round of the movie did not have them all dying at the end. Really? Yeah. They actually they actually refilmed the end of the movie, and they had uh, Cassian and Jen yeah. actually ended up on another planet. Hmm. Well, that is my true. little romantic heart wanted that, but yeah, they they reshot a bunch of scenes. That wouldn't have no, made any sense, though. No, <laughs> no, no not exactly really. Right? 
because it just would have been an empty story, and there really would have been nowhere for them to go with that line. Right. I'm telling. I pro- I probably got the 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 thing's name wrong, but uh, what the hell was the robot's name? K two S O. K two S O. Yeah. Yep. For the win. Oh my gosh. That dude was He's awesome. He's on my next, my next <laughs> thing to say that I loved. But to go back to the killing everybody part, sorry, Melanie, for spoiling that part. But <laughs> I thought, you know, when Disney took over Lucasfilm and they took over Star Wars, I think everybody was afraid that they were going to Disneyfy it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Disney allowed this movie to go to that place, I thought was amazing. And there were no, I mean, there's really no happy ending, but the fact that you, like, again, you were allowed to get to know these characters and then, you know, pull for them and all that they had done and all that they had sacrificed for and, and to die. I just thought that was really brave of Disney. Yeah, no doubt. So, but then going back, the next thing on my list is absolutely K2SO. He's amazing. He might be my favorite droid ever. Oh, I, I hands down agree. He's better. I mean, all right, y'all know that I'm an Alan Tudyk fangirl. <laughs> I think he is. I mean, ever since, I mean, I saw him way back in the day. What was that movie that was so terrible um, where he was like a wandering minstrel or something? I can't remember. But oh, I don't know. I, I'm a, also a giant Joss Whedon fan. So I'm, I've watched Serenity and Firefly more times than I would care to admit. And his <laughs> character, Wash, is in those characters or in those movies and television show is awesome and he's just so funny and he has this comedic timing that I don't think can be met by many people and there's this one particular scene where he's and for those again who haven't seen the movie he's a reprogrammed imperial droid so Cassian found him took him reprogrammed him and now he works for the alliance and he and Cassian are kind of best buds he He's trying to lie, I think, to some stormtroopers that he's taking Jin and Cassian. And then he just wham and knocks Cassian upside the head. It's the best. And I saw somewhere online that Alan Tudyk improvised that scene. And if you go and look at pictures, and I'll have to post it, you can actually see the actor that played Cassian holding his hand up and behind his hand, you can see him laughing. Laughing. (laughs) (laughs) So... Alan Tudyk, I mean, absolutely. I thought K2SO was amazing. Yeah, his the the character development was super strong in this movie because, like, mm-hmm. like we've said a few times, all the main characters die at the end, and not all at the same time, not in one big fiery crash, in their own respective ways. Which I also mm-hmm. thought was brilliant storytelling in, in a way because they all played their part in, as part of this team as they learned to work together after none of them trusting. The girl, uh, Jin, especially Cassian at first, and and her kind of not caring about that and just taking this as a mission of her own and everybody kind of following along with what she wanted to do. I can't think of the other two guys' names, the blind dude and his buddy. Chirrut and Baze. Okay, yeah, I was horrible with, like, character names. I knew none well, of Well, they were horrible names. Like, back in the day, we got Luke and Leia and Han. They were easy, I know. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the I, I think my second after K two S O I think the uh, the blind dude Ch- mm-hmm. Chariot I think him and his buddy were my were my favorite two after K two S O I love those guys. When they put the 
the bag over his head. Yeah. And he's, he questions it. I can't it's, see. It's yeah. hilarious. Uh, whatever his line was, I think I was one of three people in the theater that laughed. And it was a <laughs> fairly packed theater that we went to. We went we went with the kids. And it was like, oh, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. My wife and myself <laughs> and my and my father-in-law went. That's right. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, nobody's, uh, you know. More people. It's hilarious. More, I think more... the line was, "Are you kidding? I'm blind." I'm blind. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think you're, that's exactly it, Milford. <laughs> I like I that. Thought that was. I like that hilarious. stuff. So I love, I love when you have serious movies that have drabbles of humor in there, and I think that there was just enough. It balanced it out very well, and enough that when those characters died, you were affected even that much more. Another thing that I loved was I have a lot of lists. The CGI of Tarkin and Leia. Yes. yes I totally agree with that. Tarkin. It was incredible. It was amazing. Tarkin, I mean, you can still tell that it's, I mean, that Peter Cushing is dead. So yes. clearly he wasn't in the movie. But right. it was, I mean, you could tell it was a little off, but it felt like a very, 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 very well done video game. Yeah. Like, no, it was crazy. And the fact that he had so much screen time, they didn't yeah. just like give him a two minute cameo and be done. He was an integral part to the plot. Yeah. No, yeah, it wasn't like Leia at the end where it was just like, you right. know, showing her putting it in R2 D2. That sounded right. that sounded Even though she I think hers was what better done. Hers was much I, better done. Yeah, I mean yeah. I I knew they did the thing with Tarkin, but I guess I didn't pay as much attention to it. And then I saw Something like a week after, they, there was something that was floating around, like how they actually did it, and they showed how they layered his face onto the person who actually, you know, was the body it of him. Body. And so then you kind of, then thinking back on it, you saw, I was like, okay, you can kind of tell, but even still, who cares? I mean, that's still yeah. pretty freaking badass that they're able to do that. It was very, very, it was so well done that you really didn't even need that much suspension of disbelief to to overlook it. No. You know, mm-hmm. it, I was so in, in absorbed into the movie itself that it, after the first kind of initial, oh my gosh, I can't believe they've done that. He was just another character. So yeah. I thought that was really, really well done. I loved the subtle fan service in the movie as well. The fact that Jen was drinking blue milk mm-hmm. when she was a young girl. I loved that. The characters that they ran into, I think it was on Jetta that almost that got into a fight with Luke, I think, in A New Hope. I can't remember their names. I don't even know if they have names, but you can barely, you barely see them. Like, I think Jen maybe hits them in the shoulder, or maybe Cassian does as they're in Jeddah, and it's this guy with tusks, but it's the exact same characters. Yeah, yeah. That were in A New Hope. So I love that there was enough that if you were a true hardcore Star Wars fan you recognized it. But if you weren't, then you didn't feel like you were missing anything. Right. So, like I said, subtle fan service. I love that. It's kind of like... The only... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, no, go ahead, Jessica. I was just going to say, the only time that I thought that wasn't true and it was distracting was when C-3PO and R2-D2 were there because their cameo was kind of so in your face that it sort of took you out of the moment for a second. Yeah. That was the only one I I didn't like because I was like, okay, they're just trying to throw them in for some reason. But you know, it's funny. It's also true that they had to be there because they were going to be getting on the cargo ship. So it's like they were kind of danged if they did, danged if they didn't 
add them in at some point. I felt. I guess they could have had them with Leia or something when she tried to get. I don't know, but I I get what you're saying. Like they had to be there somewhere. No, I get you, but that one too, and I think that's because C-3PO is not my favorite droid, and the fact that he's like bright gold. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, you know, it kind of is jarring visually sometimes. Well, he—they were kind of like that. I felt that way about them in Force Awakens as well. I was kind of mm-hmm. like they had—they threw them in there because they were characters that everybody knew, right? Kind of, and it, to me, it was totally predictable when BB-8 came in, and oh, you know, all of a sudden R2D2 wakes up because. BB-8's there right. and, you know, whatever, they touched each other or however the hell it happened. Yeah, I don't remember. And and I was kind of like, I remember that being bothering me. I was like, ah, I was, what the hell was the point of that? Just to have them in that movie? I mean, other than yeah. that, they had no other business at anything to do in there. I mean, other than, yeah. the, other than the time period and they were part of that era. That era with that, all those the characters that they revamped for that. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of am with you guys. It was... Yeah. All right, so the last two things kind of go together. One, um, we've already talked about Saul Guerrera, and I loved his character in that I saw him as a foil for Darth Vader in that you know he was part robotic. He had the robotic legs. He had the breathing apparatus. He had the paranoia almost... Well, he definitely had paranoia. Yeah, I don't know yeah. so much about Darth Vader, but, <laughs> um, you know, and that they were both these kind of extremists from the, from the different sides. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed his character. Again, just kind of seeing that not all rebels are good. Not all rebels fought for this kind of noble cause that some of them went crazy, just like extremists nowadays do as well. I just, I thought he was a neat character to kind of put in there. And then finally, leading up to Vader. Like, come on. Yep. I've never, ever... Re- I mean, Vader's supposed to be this incredibly intimidating, scary villain. And I've never really seen him like that until this movie. I thought... I mean, because... All right, you know, we barely acknowledge that the prequels exist. <laughs> but, you know, I never really... I never got Anakin's motivation. I never under really understood his turn or the things that he did. Cause I think Lucas's influence on those were just so terrible. And then when you go back and you watch the fight between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader from a new hope and just how slow that fight choreography is compared to the fight choreography from Vader in that final scene. Oh he yeah. Fin- he finally looked like, this is why an entire galaxy is scared to death of him. Yeah. So I totally agree. They they yeah. n- they never let him just, for lack of better words, open up a can of whoop ass. Right. You know what I mean? Like he, exactly. you know, you saw Kylo Ren throw temper tantrums in Force For- Force Awakens, and he had you know a couple of duels with Finn and Rey, but you've never seen Vader have an all out just. Obi Wan had better lightsaber lightsaber duels in all those prequels much better than anything Vader ever had and at the you know and at the end of Revenge of the Sith there's not much Vader other than the few you know showing him get putting to put together and you know takes his first steps and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. yeah so that was fantastic to see him just you know 
carving dudes up, you know, and going and, and actually, like you said, playing the part of the menace that has everybody running scared in the, in the galaxy for as long as they've been. Exactly. I thought that was very well done, and I thought Vader was used sparingly enough to not humanize him at all. Like, he was just the menacing, scary bad guy I think he was always meant to be. I will say, since that's my list of the things that I liked, I'm sure I'll think of more. (laughs) But the only thing that I was like, eh, about is the Death Troopers. They're, you know, I think they were introduced because stormtroopers have become such a laughing stock. Right. That they were like, no, we've got to create this, <laughs> you know, really awesome stormtrooper. It doesn't work for me. And it also doesn't work for me because just like we were talking about with the storytelling of the crew and why they had to die, where do they go? Yeah. Why do we never see death troopers after that? I don't know. Yeah. So, Marketing. Jessica, I would love to hear why you didn't love it as much as I did. Sure. So I, I will say I didn't hate it. It's not like I walked out of the theater going, oh, it just wasn't like my favorite of the Star Wars movies. And as I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, it's kind of making me wonder if I should watch it a second time, because a lot of the notes about like problems that I had with it are things I didn't like. I'm realizing are kind of confusion, like stuff I didn't understand, because I do think it was really fast paced, especially at the beginning. So you didn't have a lot of time to figure out like how you felt about each character. Cause all of a sudden you like jumped right into it. And part of the reason I had a really hard time with that was what you were saying before. I thought the names were so confusing. And when I left the theater, I'm pretty sure the only name I remembered was Jin's. Like I had no <laughs> idea what anybody's name was when I was trying to talk about it with my brother. I kept saying like Diego Luna. And like I was using, cause I couldn't remember their name. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just killing me. But <laughs> Honestly, the the biggest problem that I had in terms of something I really didn't like was I thought that um, Galen and Cassian were way more interesting characters than Jin was. And I kept wishing that they'd spend more time with them. Like, instead of us just hearing that Galen did all this complicated stuff and made himself indispensable, it would have been kind of cool to, like, see some of that, even in, like, flashbacks or something. And I just thought Cassian was so interesting how he alluded to like his whole life was, you know, building toward this and just a little bit more of them and a little bit less of Jin like staring at stuff because she didn't have nearly as much personality as them, I thought. I can definitely see that. I, I liked her, but I felt like, like you said, it didn't, I think she was kind of built up to be the the main character, I suppose, where I think it would have done better as more of an ensemble. And I think they worked towards that, but it wasn't a hundred percent perfect. And I think by the end they were an ensemble for sure. But the first couple acts of that movie were like nothing but her. And it would have been cool to have it be a little bit more of like a trio or or a duo, even if just her and Cassian. Yeah. And I will say too, her something, I knew things would come up. Um, (laughs) Another thing that I didn't like was her reaction when she's seeing the hologram of her father. It felt over the top for me. And maybe yeah. I can't personally relate to that, but like basically becoming comatose over a message from your father who you knew was alive pretty much. Right. You know, that part fell a little flat for me. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I I was, I couldn't decide if she was like, 
if she kind of knew him enough to be upset because when she saw him dying, obviously she completely freaked out. But then the rest of the time, it was almost like she sort of not even hated him, but was like indifferent. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was kind of strange. They didn't make it really obvious, at least to me, that she really loved him and was trying really hard to pretend like she didn't care. I couldn't tell if she didn't care or not. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And again, yeah. going back to my complete nerdiness, the novelization <laughs> makes it very clear that she doesn't know how she feels about him either. Okay. Like even her own thoughts, she describes him as her father and the betrayer. Like she she doesn't know okay. how she feels about him. So I guess in that way, either the novelization was trying to rationalize that from the movie or it's just what they were trying to convey. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And then but, the last thing was, so the guy, what was the guy, the blind guy's name? Chirrut. Chirrut. So mm-hmm. I was kind of confused if he was supposed to just be comic relief or like insightful because it was so obvious that he had no idea how anything related to the force and the Jedi actually worked. But then sometimes they'd really make him look like he was this kind of wise man that was going to usher in like the new round of Jedi. So I was just, obviously sometimes he was funny. But I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be purely comic relief or if we were supposed to be like, wow, he's on to something, you know? I think I it, wonder. Go ahead. I was going to say I think it's a little bit of both because I, I get where you're okay. coming from because some of it was like, okay. <laughs> All right. This dude's, <laughs> this dude's either like – like you said, like the wise old man who's just looking at these bunch of ruffians. He's like, okay, I'm going to make sure all these these idiots get to where they're supposed to get to and get their mission accomplished before they kill themselves or shoot themselves in the foot. So I'll just play around and act like I don't know what I'm doing. But when they really need me, I'll you know I'll step up and and be the guiding force. Yeah. So I you know that's kind of the what I got from him, and definitely he was definitely the comic relief with along with. <laughs> K2SO, but I, I think the way they used him, I think, was was good. It, it's kind of like that, like he was, a, they used him for great irony, like, you know, in the massive battle scenes, and he's walking in the middle of blaster fire everywhere, and he's, until the end, not getting hit, or, you know. Right. I, I can't think of specifics, because I can't remember, but I feel like, like, you know, jumped over things, and, like, used his, obviously, they used his uh, fact that his he was. staffed and. Yeah, they used the fact that he was blind to heighten his other senses, so he obviously knew when people were around him to be able to fight and so on. So who knows? You know, the the way they use the Force in in the movies and and even as it transpires into the into the cartoon series is it, they've they've kind of made it so it's not just in a special few people. It's kind of like the Force is with everybody. It's just how you channel it and if you can harness it enough to use it in the ways that the Jedis do and the Sith. So going to like cartoon nerdiness in my way, because I, I loved the cartoon series and I followed those a hell of a lot more than I did the, the live action movies. Uh, that That's kind of where I took it from. I want to, but it left he, and I think that question left me wanting to know more. I don't know anything about these Jedi temples or what his purpose was before the empire came and started stealing all of the crystals from the temples and yeah. like what, why was he special? Why, what was his purpose? I, I think that's one of the things, not necessarily a character driven question, but I, it just left me wanting to know more. Was he force sensitive? Was, I mean, he clearly wasn't Jedi, but right. what, 
what was his place in all of that? How, and like you were saying, like, how, how was he able to do those things? How did he know about her necklace at the beginning when they, he's first introduced? Yeah. Those, those were the kind of the questions about him that I was left Cause left the, with. There, there's a whole other realm they can open up. Cause I know the, the animated series has touched on that both clone wars before it ended. And then, uh, rebels this year has touched on those Jedi temples and as well as Sith temples. Now, I, mm. now we do know from some of the prequels they had, there was talks of like about holocrons and, and stuff like that. And this is going deep into the, into the storylines, but that's played a heavy part in the animated series. And the mention of those, I believe they mentioned it in this movie of the, the Kyber crystals or the Kyber mm-hmm. saber crystals. That's, a pull from, I'm sure it's in some of the the books and the offshoots, and I know people who follow every aspect of this can probably know this if if people read all the different offshoots of books that have happened over the years. But those Kyber Saber crystals, they had a Lego Star Wars animated series that was going on this year, and that was the basis of that series was of this kind of band of no-names trying to find kyber sable crystals and the emperor and darth vader putting one of their own in as like a spy with these other people pretend uh, a sith pretending to be a jedi to try to find these crystals so they can build like this ultimate weapon which is what powers the death star which is what ends up powering the death star yeah so it's it's ridiculous how they're using now that disney has full rights to everything how they're using all this and incorporating everything and and just a, a side note on, on Saw Gerrera. Now, when they had him in the animated series, I think it was two weeks ago he was on, and he was a complete bastard on the show. Like, he completely was not... Same as you were saying, how he was kind of an extremist, but they took the extremist... They they played that card of him on, on, the, on the episode he was in on the uh, animated series. So I don't know if they're going to revisit with him again, but he was definitely not helpful towards the... Uh, towards the rebel cause he was towards the end but boy he had like his own personal agenda kind of like a vigilante above well in this movie that was why they needed Jin in the first place to kind of parlay with him at all right was yeah. that they had broke he had gone so extremist that he wouldn't have anything to do with the alliance anymore so i think he's a really fascinating character oh definitely um, well, and I liked what you said about how it's important that they, they show that not everybody in the rebellion is fighting for like this noble cause because that's the reality of what happens in that kind of a war. So right. I thought it was definitely a, a much more complex way instead of just like one side versus another side, which is even like a normal Star Wars thing. I appreciated mm-hmm. that they made more layers to each side. Yeah, and that's why this is what I've, I came out of the theater thinking the Force Awakens was an apology, right, to Star Wars fans. It was, it's okay, we're going to make good movies again, I promise. But Rogue One, it felt like a real honest-to-goodness movie. They weren't just trying to make a good Star Wars movie. They were trying to enrich the Star Wars universe while also making a really excellent war movie. That's, I think that's why it resonated so much with me, because having been such a giant star Wars fan and having had to lived through the era of the prequels that it felt like, okay, finally people are going to understand why 
it's okay to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're you know? right. You're right. I mean, I I didn't hate those prequels as much as everybody else does. I mean, I really didn't. I, I They're not my favorite movies. I won't just say one day I want to watch them. But I don't have the infinite hate that most other people do for them. Like, I, I take them for what they're worth. You know, the stories do give you a, a tie-in and, and get you to where A New Hope started. I didn't, you know, I, I, you could have left out half of Attack of the Clones with, with the lovey-dovey stuff and Anakin and Padme rolling down a hill and everything else. <laughs> I think Phantom Menace could have been, could have probably been the better of them if they left out a lot of the pod racing and all that other crap. And, and they really could have done a better job with the story on that one and just you know, kept Darth Maul alive a little more. Revenge of the Sith is, de- is definitely the better one of all of them because it ties it all together. There's great lightsaber battles. There's lots of people getting, you know, major characters getting killed and, and ties everything together, which it's supposed to do. So that one is definitely the strongest out of all of them. But, you know, if this Rogue One is is going to be kind of the flagship... I think it said a high bar. For what for the they're going to do for these other ones, then I'm definitely impressed and i'm definitely uh i can't think of the word definitely more happier that this is the <laughs> I, I can't think of the, the damn right word Over- and it's okay rj i don't hate the prequels either so are, yeah. are they good no no but i think yeah what I'm drives me is they're, they're not good but i don't hate them because <laughs> it, for me it's a sentimental thing my kids were young when they came out and if you watch these movies like pretend they're kids movies like the cheesy kid scenes with the pod racers. Yeah. And when you're a four-year-old watching that, that's cool. Yeah. When you're 14, you're like, that's awful. That's awful. Right. <laughs> what the hell does this have to do with but, anything? But that was my kid's introduction to Star Wars. And for better or worse, it yeah, was their no, introduction to Star Wars. My, mine too. I know. But. Yeah. And when it, I was a kid, it, I liked Padme because she was a queen that also fought instead of being like one or the other. So it was cool to have another lady to cheer for. Yeah, exactly. So there there were a few redeeming qualities. So even though I'm, you know, the lone wolf here who has yet to see Rogue One, <laughs> it just came out at a busy time. I just I couldn't do it. And then by the time I could, I was already over it. <laughs> and I love Star Wars, so I, I'll throw a DVD party when it comes out. I tell you what, but, though, e- even even listening to everything we've been saying and knowing what you know about it, as you're watching it, you're not going to be uh-huh. thinking about anything that we've told you about it. You're going to be watching it like you've never, like you know nothing about it, and you're still going to be oh, absolutely. Amazed. I do that with the originals. Yeah, right, right. I still sometimes find myself in the originals going, "Don't do that! Don't do that! Don't!" Do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You, you want things to either go differently or you know, so I, I do that with the original. So I, I would think that I would probably do that with this one as well. I can, I'll, I'll forget the spoilers probably as soon as this episode's done recording. That's how <laughs> still trapped my brain is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I th- just kind of throwing it out to the group. What? Now I know we're getting a Han Solo spinoff, but cause it's supposed to be every other year. We're supposed to get either a saga movie or a, an unrelated Star Wars story. Okay. So we get episode eight, right? Ep- episode eight mm-hmm. comes out December of this year. The next year after that is Han. Okay. And then nine, I'm assuming. I want to know what other kind of stories 
you guys would like to see told from the Star Wars universe? Boba Fett. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I thought that one was was to... on a docket somewhere. It's it has to be He's such a cult favorite. Well, he has somewhat of a backstory from Attack of the Clones. I mean, at least they dive into it a little bit with right. with Jango Fett and how he, you know, at least how he became a bounty hunter and where he's right. his origin is, but they don't go into too much else about it, so it would be interesting to I, – I know they couldn't really do it now because Carrie Fisher is gone, but I always thought, like, what happened to Leia between 6 and 7 and how mm. the Rebellion kind of, like, reformed. So maybe even if they didn't focus on her, but that was a huge falling out when Vader and the Emperor were just gone. So yeah. it would be interesting to see how that came together. Yeah. I, I do want them to be careful with prequels because when you have all these prequels, it lessens – the impact of the death of Han Solo. Yeah. Because we're like, yeah. oh, we'll get him in another movie. We'll get him in a prequel. <laughs> it, the, the impact, the, the feeling of loss of who he is, it, where, you know, kind of, I guess, the, when you guys were describing the, the blind character, he kind of reminds me just from y'all talking of Han Solo, where, yes, he mm-hmm. was the comic relief, definitely not a Jedi, but <laughs> definitely played such an integral role where it's almost like you could feel the force hovering around Han. He just couldn't quite get it. <laughs> but, because that's Han. But, you know, I, I always am cautious with prequels just because it lessens that finality where, unfortunately, it would take the death of the real actor for them to not be able to access that character and that story anymore. Right. Where well, we as up. fans feel it <laughs> lost. And it opens up for plot holes, too, right? If they keep trying to squeeze stuff in between. Yes. Oh, oh gosh. And, you know, us nerd girls will go straight for a plot hole. It's true. <laughs> we will. We'll tear them up. <laughs> but it, I, I, that's just one kind of cautionary tale. But I think my fan kids at home would love a Boba Fett story. I agree. Yeah. That would be good. That probably would bode well, I would think. Yeah, he's definitely of of the after Darth Vader as far as bad mm-hmm. guys go, I think he's next in line. I'd it, like the Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that was gonna, it, that was it. I mean, he's next in line. He's the next most recognizable character as far as the villains I'd like go. To see some more backstory on Darth Maul. I was going to say that there is in in the animated series, he's prevalent. Uh, both. But they don't go into any details on how he, ex- you know, why uh, he exists, how he became. No, they did a little bit towards the end of Clone Wars. There was like, I think it was season three. Okay. There was there was a group of episodes where it gets really, really dark and demonic with him and his brother and, and the planet he was from and... And the whole Night Sisters and and the and the Dathomir, yeah, it gets really really dark. It's like really kind of occult like, and it's. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic, you know, shocker to anybody. But uh, and they he's <laughs> they use him a lot in the newer animated series, and they use him pretty well. I mean, he's still just like a you know he's still a trickster. He doesn't call himself Darth Maul anymore. Uh, he just calls himself Maul because since he. Was knocked down from his since he doesn't consider himself a Sith anymore because the Sith are technically wiped out at, in this time period that they're. I mean, since he was for. cut in half. 
That too. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do He's it. He's only half the man he was. That's right. <laughs> do those um, animated series, do they stream anywhere? It's on the whole Clone Wars, which was the f- first one they did, is on Netflix. It, you, it was. Okay. And the other one, it's on the Disney XD app, and I think it's on... I don't know if that's on any streaming service, but it's on the, the Disney XD app and online and wherever you it's can not that. that's supposed to be coming to either hulu or netflix i'm a little confused on where disney's putting all their franchises some of it's going Didn't to hulu disney do some something... of it's going to netflix i don't understand that yeah because i thought they had an exclusivity thing with netflix what they movie? do for streaming yeah they do for streaming although stars still will do their premium cable content so they if you have the stars if you have stars and access to the stars app, either through Amazon Prime, you can do an add-on stars subscription like Amazon Prime, things like that. Then you will have access to some of the Disney catalog there as well. So it's not quite streaming only. It's I'm not a lawyer. I don't know, <laughs> but there, there are still some on in the realm of stars. It, but the Netflix cat- catalog is actually quite extensive for Disney. Yeah. So it, it, it's good. So since I got cut off, let me give you my couple points about the Rogue One movie. Sorry about that. My uh, <laughs> internet decided not to cooperate. <laughs> I did find it interesting that they actually went into the details about the kyber crystals. I think mm-hmm. before this movie, there weren't a whole lot of people that understood that kyber crystals were actually what developed the lightsabers. The lightsabers, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't even know also that worked. Powered the Death Star. Yep. Yeah, this is the uh, first time I think they, there's any mention of that of what actually does that. Yeah, I think they could have went into a little bit more detail about Galen Erso and Orson Krennic's background. Now, I will post this up on the public Facebook page, um, but there's actually a book. It's called The Catalyst that you can buy that actually talks about some of that background because Galen Erso and Orson Krennic apparently were school buddies and that's how they got together. Uh, okay. So, but, but, but it doesn't give in much detail about how far back catalyst goes. Uh, it doesn't reading the book. It doesn't appear to go all the way back to revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay. And then interesting that I love the fact that they actually gave, you know, Darth Vader's, home planet is Mustafa and has his castle on Mustafa, which is kind of cool. Right. Well, I mean, technically that's where he was born or where he became Darth, Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. Was born. Yeah. I mean, right. you know. uh, another thing I wish they would, I wish they would into a little bit more detail about Jetta, the planet Jetta, which they kind of blew up because right. that was, I mean, part of Cherik's responsibility was he was a guardian of the Jedi presence there or the Jedi I guess there was a temple there at one point in time so it has some historical value to the Jedi yeah yep and then the only other thing I'm going to make a comment about is how is it that it took them 17 years to build this Death Star and only took them four years to build the second Death Star and they knew the first one had a flaw how did they not (laughs) how did they not keep from building a flaw into the second one and then potentially even the third one with the one in force awakens well the one in force awakens that was just stupid that they 
I think that yeah, pissed me I off totally the most agree. about that yeah. movie that they followed that same goddamn storyline and they just called it the Star Killer Base, which was, <laughs> I mean, seriously. I suppose you could make the argument that in Rogue One, it was part of Galen's plan to like drag it out as long as possible to make it, and that's why yeah, it that's took like seventeen years or whatever he said. Yeah, I, that's just one thing I find that was interesting about that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I don't remember how the second Death Star was blown up. They flew into it through yeah. channels to the reactor that was on the inside of the. So the Death same Star. thing, they just had to take a hard path? Yeah, they path. just had to fly into the Death Star to do it. Yeah, basically, yeah. They, they had to fly physically into it instead of shooting torpedoes through an exhaust port on the outside. Same concept, different approach. So here's my question then about that. You were saying without building in the same flaw. I'm probably thinking way too much about it. But did they even really understand that the flaw was there? Or what the flaw was, because everybody that was on the Death Star died when it was blown up. So, do they even really understand how it was done? Oh, I don't know. Now you're making me think. I know. <laughs> Sorry, but that's a good. I mean, I'm sure there were people out in Tie Fighters and yeah, but those all the other ones. But where they were probably, I would assume, so I, busy trying not to die. I don't think Tie Fighter. I think Tie Fighter pilots were in the same ranks of stormtroopers. They weren't. Yeah. Very smart. <laughs> You know what I mean? You had your you had your generals and your guys like Tarkin and. But, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, no, I know. Maybe exactly they had no mean, choice yeah. if they were going to replicate the plans. They don't know where the. I guess yeah. Was. If they don't yeah, Vader would have been the only one that would have seen where they shot it, but his Tie Fighter got knocked out of the channel, so right. he probably didn't see. And. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point, though. Just thinking. Yeah. No. Definitely. I mean, there's definitely. You know, he could probably find holes in, in a lot of different things. It is true. So. But overall, I, def- I, I definitely want to see this movie again. And I feel like, I think I said this already, but it has set such a high bar for the continued, for the continuation of the series and of the universe that whereas before I went to see Rogue One, I was like, eh, I'm going to see it because I'm a nerd and that's my duty. <laughs> but after having seen it, it makes me excited for future Star Wars movies. I went into it with the exact same thing. Because after Force Awakens, which I enjoyed, but I was not blown away by it. And I was like, all right. right. Like you said before, there were so many... I think the movie was made because they had to make it and they just, they needed, I, I guess they felt they wanted to, but the nods, like the Easter eggs, if you would call them, to the original three were fantastic in Force Awakens. That that much I can say. There was a lot of great sight things and and like you said about those those two characters when, when Jin and Cassian are in that, Cassian. in that bar. There's so many great, like, sight things and one-liners in Force Awakens that people who have seen the original three multiple times and just and know the franchise get a kick out of it. That's There was a lot of laughter, I remember, in the theater I was in with stuff like that. And I, you know, the guy, the guy that was sitting next to me who I didn't know, I mean, we were, you know, bumping elbows to each other when stuff would come on. Like, oh, my God, this is this and this is this, you know, and, you know, and, and stuff like that, you know, when the... When the sand crawlers, I mean, not the sand crawlers, when the, like the Imperial 
starships are in the sand and the and the uh, Imperial Walker shells are there. Like that stuff is like that geeks me out because I love those walkers are like my favorite Imperial piece of machinery. So even seeing those in in this in the new in Rogue One were was cool to me. I was like, oh my god, they keep bringing them back even though they keep falling down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to happen. I want a movie where the Empire figures out how to not have weapons that just fall apart. <laughs> how about that? I know, right? How about they work on that? <laughs> or soldiers that can shoot and hit a target. That's right. <laughs> They're too dependent on the dark side of the force. I guess so. <laughs> it's not working out for them. No, it's not working out at all. I don't know, but all in all, I will agree with you, Adrian. It was it was a good movie. I think it was well done, and I hope if that's the way that they're going with their storytelling and with the people they have involved behind the scenes with these newer movies coming out that they you know seem to have slated for the next six years or whatever it may be. I hope the quality stays and it's quality over quantity, or if in the case it seems like it's going to be both. But I, I hope the the storytelling doesn't fade and the character development doesn't fade because I believe you need that to keep these movies relevant and keep people completely vested in it besides just the fact that it's a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Which will get butts in seats for a while, but but it's gonna... like you were saying, it's gotta, you've got to keep up the quality because us nerds, you know, we, we don't forget things easily. No. So, and we don't forgive easily because we expect you to know your universe as well as we know your universe. Right, if not more. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and with yeah. and with all these other avenues, if you would, with with the animated series and Lego Star Wars stuff and and more books and and things that kids are reading and and adults and everything else, there's a lot that people can feed off of that doesn't always need to tie in together but I like that little things are kind of tying in together and you don't need to watch every single thing that they put out about you don't need to watch the animated series and know what's going on in the live action films but it's it's cool when they when small parts of them do intertwine at least to me mm-hmm. because I watch all of it I don't read any of the books but as far as the watching media you know I don't know <laughs> I think I should just stop talking now. I'm not making any sense. <gasps> oh, Lordy. We're used to that. <laughs> it's okay. It's charming. Thank you. I try. We, we've decided it's charming this week. We've decided, okay. That's a consensus. You'll keep me around for another week? <laughs> At least. <laughs> we've decided it's charming. <laughs> well, thank you. So I guess if ever if nobody else has anything they'd like to bring up about the movie, I think we I think did, I'm done. I think you're you're, you're done for now. <laughs> we can always have a part two, Adrian. This is Star Wars. There will be a sequel. <laughs> That's right. It to is this true. podcast. <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. Well, good. Good. I think that was pretty spoiler full. For everybody, I'm just glad that I may have convinced Jessica to watch it again and give it another chance. You really, Ooh. I really need to go sit down and watch it and think about what you said because now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> you better think about that, young lady. That's right. I feel like <laughs> I have homework. <laughs> it reminds me of reminds me of Ellen in the 
Ellen's energy adventure now. Now you think about that next time you're late. <laughs> uh, all right, well, so we hope you enjoyed that this episode as we reviewed Star Wars Rogue One. And you can be sure when the next one comes out at the end of this year, we will be all over that as well. And hopefully all parties involved, <clears throat> Melanie, will see it in a timely manner. Um, excuse you. <laughs> Can't be using uh, running around Disney World and butting up with famous Sherman, Sherman brother offsprings as an excuse that you've done that already so next year this year you've got to come up with something to new come up something better. <laughs> and we have to make Crystal see one that's and right. we have to get Crystal in yeah. in the mix that's right that's right she is that's not what a we'll Star do Wars we'll do a live person. viewing maybe we should put one on her her we, iPhone or her yeah. Fitbit so while she's running for her 87 <laughs> miles she can probably watch all the movies at once in one run <laughs> Look, just we we need to come up with a drinking game for Star Wars, and then she'll be in. You know, something she go. can drink beer. We can do that Dinner. every time somebody, every time a stormtrooper so, misses. <laughs> oh, be, oh my god, be drunk! I'd be hammered in a, in a in a half hour. <laughs> Use the force. I tell you, I'm I'm sure if you look it up, it's out there because there's a. Oh, I'm sure there's posters for it. There's a uh, there's a duo I follow on Instagram called Disney Muscle, and uh, they're just they're really fit people. It's is really is really all it is. They're runners. I think they're both personal trainers, and every week they post a picture on Instagram, and it's usually a and it's a Disney movie. So I think this week's one was Hercules. So it's like mm-hmm. every time. Hercules breaks something, you do five push-ups. Or anytime mm-hmm. the muses come on and sing, you do ten burpees or something like that. So I guarantee you, if you look it up somewhere, there's probably one for Star Wars. Maybe not by them, but by somebody else. Well, if you Google Star Wars drinking games, you get 4.9 million hits. Oh, well, <laughs> That's it? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's um, it. Okay. And there's Interesting. There's a few... Drink once each time a shot features unnecessary CGI. <laughs> well, that only applies or to the newer ones. Drink once if a stormtrooper actually hit something that they were aiming at. Not <laughs> just... That's not going to happen. Oh, so that's never. <laughs> that's for drinkers like me. That's for... Um, <laughs> this is for people in AA. Oh, gosh. <laughs> there are all kinds of... And they are episode specific as well. Oh, wow. So, yes... Google your favorite Star Wars drinking game and find your own rules and have a party. And have at it. Drink responsibly, y'all. That's right. <laughs> My mom is a there. That's right. Well, hey, we need everybody to stay around to talk about it afterward. Absolutely. But yes, we'll have to figure out some way to get Crystal to at least watch them. She doesn't have to enjoy them. That's right. <laughs> you don't have to like them. You just... You just have to watch it so, so, so you can, we can have a conversation. That's all. That's all. Exactly. All right. I'm not ever going to run a marathon, but I, yet I enjoy hearing her stories. That's right. <laughs> I totally so, agree. Bless it. Especially when she integrates beer into it. <laughs> all right. Okay. Now that we've gone way off the tracks, had nothing to do with me. This time. All righty. Well, before this gets any more out of control, let's (laughs) we're going to wrap this up. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank 
Adrian and Milford for taking charge on this one, and as they are well versed in this and have steel traps for memories when it comes to this type of thing. And Adrian is not a Jedi Master planner for no reason. She's also a Jedi Master Jedi at Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that, we are going to leave you. Please head on over to thedizexplorers.com and check out our webpage. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook. Listen to us on YouTube. Follow all our troopers. You can find all of us on there, all our social media accounts. We are all on there all over the place. You can follow along at your own discretion, as most of us behave and some of us do not. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all again. We appreciate everybody listening. And we'll talk to everybody next week.